0: Happy Hump Day! Today is Wednesday and I am Janelle Marie, the founder and executive director of the STD Project, and you're listening to our Happy Hump Day podcast. In store, we have an exciting podcast, our Myths and Misconceptions podcast. We're talking about all of the myths surrounding safer sex practices, or at least a lot of them, and STDs, and preventing STDs. So safer sex and STDs is our topic today, and the myths and misconceptions that prevail. Actually, they're sometimes they're funny to me, but I don't mean funny in a, you idiot, if you think these... Because they're common misconceptions and there's just a lack of education overall. That's why people believe these things. But they're funny because once you begin to learn the actual pathophysiology of these bacterial, viral, and parasitic STIs and STDs, you understand why these myths and misconceptions are so incorrect. We're going to start with one that I think is particularly interesting and biased, One that I hear quite commonly. People think that lesbians cannot contract STDs. Women who have sex with women can't contract STDs. And actually at the STD Project, we talk about all sexual preferences because all kinds of individuals contract STIs and STDs. You can get an STD from all different kinds of sexual activities. Every kind of sexual activity include some sort of inherent risk depending on the actual activity itself. So you can get an STD from genital fluids, you can get an STD as well from blood, you can get an STD from skin-to-skin transmission. So that's why all different kinds of activities the kinds that lesbians engage in are also potentially risky. However, there is something I should point out that I think is rather interesting about the lesbian population. They are the lowest risk group. And what I mean by that is they are contracting STIs and STDs at a lower rate. It is common for bacterial STIs and STDs, ones that are passed via genital fluids, to be transmitted back and forth between partners. And not all lesbians were always lesbians initially, so somebody might come into the relationship having attained an infection that is long-term from a previous relationship that wasn't necessarily a lesbian relationship, and that is still transmissible via those activities. Let's recap a couple of the things that I just said along the lines of the lesbians cannot contract STIs and STDs because some of these things are really important. They pertain to everyone. One of those things is that you can contract an STD from oral sex. In fact, you can contract an STD from all sexual activities. All sexual activities contain some level of risk. Some sexual activities are more risky than others. You can get an STD from genital fluids, not only, but you can get an STD from genital fluids skin-to-skin contact. Blood is another way to transmit STIs and STDs, and every different STI and STD has a preferred mode of transmission. Some are transmitted via a couple of different ways, a couple of different of those ways that I mentioned. Some are only transmitted via skin-to-skin contact. Some are only a bloodborne pathogen. It just depends on the STI and STD itself. So the logical next step is, how do we prevent all of these infections? If we can contract something from all forms of sexual activity, what What's the best way to prevent these? So here is where a lot of other myths and misconceptions come in. That's kind of a tongue twister, right? The only thing that is the only birth control method, I should say, that can prevent STIs and STDs is condoms. That is the only dual purpose birth control method. It's a birth control and preventative method in terms of infections. However, that also includes female condoms. Female condoms, when used consistently and correctly, are just as effective as the male condom. That's oftentimes misunderstood. People think that the female condom is less effective. And really both condoms need to be used consistently and correctly and we talk about that in another post so i won't go into that today a couple of things that people try to do in hopes of reducing their risk that actually cause more problems sex in a hot tub for one people have some assumption that the hot tub is going to kill all the bad stuff and unfortunately chlorine is not going to kill bacterias and viruses so if you're having sex in a hot tub in hopes that You will be safe. I've got news for you. Another one is the pull-out method. People have some thought that if I don't ejaculate inside an individual, sure, there's a little less risk. There are less fluids involved, but there is still pre-ejaculate. There's still skin-to-skin contact, and there are the STIs and STDs that are transmitted via skin-to-skin contact, as well as it often takes just a little bit of fluid to transmit a bacterial infection. So that's certainly not an effective method whatsoever it's also not effective for birth control And brushing your teeth. So a lot of people think that, well, if I clean out, quote unquote, that area, if if I douche my vagina after I have engaged in some sort of sexual activity, then I'm washing everything away. The trouble is that douching kills your normal and healthy flora and bacteria, and it can cause irritation inside the vaginal wall and then offers a way for infection to get inside. That irritation opens up entry points for an infection that otherwise would not necessarily have a way in as well as the flushing of that douche moves that bacteria around inside the vagina, potentially further inside the vagina and in other places where it wouldn't necessarily be, where it may not get transmitted if you just left it alone. The other thought is brushing one's teeth. People think if they've engaged in oral sex... I'm going to go brush my teeth afterward. That's a good idea, right? Not at all. Because, same idea, is that as soon as you put a toothbrush in your mouth, you're causing abrasion, small tiny cuts and tears, which allow a bacteria or virus into your system. So you don't want to brush your teeth. What you could do if you're trying to reduce your risk, you could use mouthwash. Mouthwash is, mouthwash is going to be less problematic than brushing one's teeth. But both brushing your teeth and douching after sexual activity actually increases your risk of contracting an STI and STD, and increases that risk of getting an infection. Let's do one more recap today we learned that lesbians can in fact contract stis and stds they are in a slightly different kind of risk category and they are the group of people that contract the least number of stis and stds but certain types of stis and stds are popular among that group you can get an std from oral sex you can get an std from all sexual activities you can get an std from things other than genital fluids skin-to-skin contact Bloodborne pathogens and blood transmission. While condoms don't prevent all STDs, it's the only birth control method that does help prevent STIs and STDs, including female condoms. And of course, remember, condoms don't prevent all STDs, and why is that? That's because. There's the skin-to-skin transmission STIs and STDs where a condom is not going to cover that area or protect that area necessarily. And sex in a hot tub, the pull-out method, douching or brushing one's teeth after sexual activities are all not effective ways of reducing your risk of contracting an infection or a disease. And that's it on our Safer Sex Myths and Misconceptions in terms of STD prevention. Next week, we've got another exciting podcast. We're going to be talking about sexual health and what sexual responsibility means and what that means for you and for your sexual health. Stay tuned for next time.